0: Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about our beloved series, Star Trek. And we are back on another exciting episode of Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal conversation about Star Trek. Today is Bastille Day. Vive la France! Storm the oh. Bastille! Uh, I thought it was tomorrow. No, the fourteenth, sir. The fourteenth. Oh. Today, today's the fourteenth. And uh, Vive la France! I'm just going to get started by saying that I um, I uh, came into a little. A little uh, uh, windfall here, uh, a gift, a, a late birthday gift. And uh, so I'm going to, uh, right after we record, I'm heading over to Florida Supercon with the hopes of having a photo opportunity with the great William Shatner. So I hope... I hope. No way! It's <laughs> yes, with my sister. I'm going with my sister. So th- I'm already dressed up in my uniform. <laughs> you should invite
1: him. You know Gates McFadden is going to be there as well. It- is gates mcfadden there too gates mcfadden is there so i'm I'm, I'm, well i'm gonna totally see if i can that's a that's a tough one there no well it's i believe it's kira
0: yeah kira it's crusher and it's kirk oh wow okay so i'm gonna see if i could try to uh get a photo up with all of them let's just throw caution to the wind (laughs) may the wind be ever at my back (laughs) Exactly. May fortune favor the foolish. <laughs> may fortune favor the foolish, the, I, indeed. I think the actual wow. one is may fortune favor the bold, but I like foolish better because Captain Kirk said it. <laughs> um, today's episode, Silicon Avatar. Doctor, would you like to do the summary? No. Okay, I'll do it. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I breezed through
1: it, like I told no, you. I, I, I you can't.
0: Do. I can. Do, I can do a breezed through version if you like. Did you watch the beginning? I did. Okay, then yeah. Um, let's do it together, shall we? You could jump in. All right, I'll start. All right, you start,
1: and I'll jump in whenever. Okay, so they're on. I believe the name is what's the name of the planet? Mel- 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 Melacon Melicon Four or something. I don't know. I don't think I'm on some it down, planet,
0: but it might be that they are Narn because that <laughs> sounds correct.
1: Okay, well, they're on this planet that they're going to terraform, and Riker apparently has uh, has spent some good times with the local terra terraformer.
0: Well, I mean, and, act- uh, actually, it seems like in that scene he's uh, he's putting the moves on right then and there, and it's going very well for him. <laughs> Well, they they they, they're familiar with dessert already. (laughs) (laughs) so I I think
1: uh, I think
0: if I if I read the conversation correctly, she invited him to dinner and said that her desserts were the best parts or something like
1: that, and then and 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 he agreed. Right. So, So he knows. So he knows. Okay. Yes. So, he's going for a second (laughs) serving of of dessert and uh, later tonight in in the tent (laughs) and um, but uh, things go awry because the crystalline entity returns in a a surprise return. No one expected this thing to come back to the show (laughs) and um (laughs) Wow! The uh, the vengeful crystal Christmas tree from hell comes to this planet and lays waste to everything, including Riker's uh, love interest. uh, Love interest, momentary love interest, and uh, Riker and Crusher and Data are able to save most of the most of the terraformers. In future colonists and um, meanwhile in the enterprise Picard is is a, a he beats Troy in sensing something is wrong <laughs> and uh, even though Troy' is like you know I'm sure there's, there's there''s a perfectly good reason for there not to be any communications Picard just keeps up upping the warp you know he's like well bait Mr. Wolf, warp nine, Mr. Wolf, <laughs> and uh, and they they get there really fast because I think at one point they said it was six hours and suddenly they're in the cave. Well, it's was, only been an that hour. That was when
0: they were at like warp two or something. So remember, it's exponential. Well, so yeah. Okay, sure. All right, uh, they broke a
1: couple of warp speed <laughs> records there and. Uh, and they
0: find them Barkley underground. Barkley created a f- wormhole because he should be able to do that now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry. Mr. <laughs> right. Mr. Broccoli, will you create that wormhole again? We have an emergency.
1: What if Barkley had met the crystalline entity?
0: What would that episode have been like? Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think that uh, season five is where we came up with the term wackiness ensues because I think that like uh, a lot of times some of these uh, scenarios are a little bit wacky. But, anyways, go on. <laughs> well, I have to admit, I-, I did find all of it very
1: exciting in the opening. Yeah. There was a lot true. of running around, they were on location. Uh, right? Jonathan Frakes is just a great action. Uh, Actor, You know, he's running, uh, he sees the woman he loves decimated in front of him, there's appropriate emotional angst on his face, but then he runs right back into action, they get underground. I mean, it's all pretty exciting. Um, And you think, and then, you know, they get rescued and you're like, okay, I guess that's the end of the episode. No, wait, wait, there's more. (laughs) Uh, suddenly, uh, they, uh, beam aboard... A specialist. Or rather, uh, yeah, we beam aboard the special guest star for, for this episode who plays a, um, a scientist who specializes in the crystalline entity, and, and she's a bit, she's a bit off. Uh, she doesn't like Data at all.
0: At first. And we soon
1: learn it's because she... Somehow holds. She believes data is somehow complicit with with the death of of the uh, colonists on the planet where he was from. Which is is it Omicron?
0: Omicron Theta or something like that. And she her name Omicron Theta. Her name's Kyla right? Mar. I think she's a doctor or something like that. But all right, uh, Lamar is no um, Mar, just Mar. Oh, Mar. Yeah.
1: Sorry, Mar is uh, she had a, a son. I believe on the colony, mm-hmm. who was of course killed, and and you know she harbors resentment towards not only the entity but Data as well. Um, and then you know if you look at the title of the of the episode, you got Silicon Avatar. You know, Data, and I mean, d- Data is kind of Silicon, right? Oh yeah, no, definitely.
0: I mean, he has Silicon pathways, so. Right. And then
1: you've got the crystalline entity which has silicon. So you're like, well, which silicon avatar is this uh, episode going to be very about? Nice. Mm, well, very I nice. think uh, I think
0: avatar referring to the that he seems to channel uh the the boy uh in a sense because he is creating a new interaction from his journal entries and his uh Recordings of uh, of of you know his his ability to reproduce uh, his voice, so it's weird. It's a really weird situation. It's like uh, pretty cool. It's awkward yeah, to say the it's least. It's awkward, but it's also pretty interesting. Like I, I think we'll probably talk a lot about it in the general discussion. But anyways, go on with the great summary so far. <laughs> so they, uh,
1: the doctor is in a bit of a. Finds herself in a bit of a quandary because Pic- Captain Picard wants to communicate with the entity, and she firmly believes it should just be destroyed. And so does Riker. All the deaths. Well, yes, Riker later on in the episode has a, a very frank discussion with the captain, and echoes her her sentiments. Her her sentiments. You know, uh, we this may be our only chance to destroy it. Why waste it by communicating with it? And it's, it's actually a pretty good discussion. It's... it's uh, Or exchange, rather. You know, Riker, you know, tells, tells Picard, you know, I'm not some raw cadet. I've seen death before. Um, so it kind of hits back a little at Picard. And uh, they eventually do encounter the entity. And they test the theory, which her and Data have been working on. And they do manage to communicate with it, but... But she uh, tweaks the, uh, and this is where you're 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 gonna have to throw in the science. So, uh, she so, tweaks something. So they, the mo- she modulates the sound somehow. They're using
0: graviton pulses to communicate with the Crystal line Etsy by shooting like kind of like these little pings, if you will. And it actually starts pinging back, like it starts doing a complex kind of pattern or whatever. There's a pattern in its communication. But then she sets the computer to deliver a higher frequency, steady uh graviton pulse which uh actually is set to the um resonant harmonic frequency of the crystalline entity and it causes the crystalline entity to shatter because of the exposure to this like high frequency graviton wave uh and she makes it so that no one can stop it from happening as well so she she had it's premeditated cold blooded murder <laughs> well
1: let, let me just chime in here you know, there was, there's, you know, they, they're out, they're 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 watching this this happen, and the captain is ordering her to stop. She's clearly not going to stop. There's like <laughs> five people around her that could have just went over and. Boop, no, that's what I'm and saying. And nobody is, I think even she, tries. I think
0: she set some kind of like. Uh, uh, but we don't see that for a fa- for a full two or three minutes. No, I know it is like, but. But also, you have to understand, in the confusion, they might be thinking, well, this is part of the experiment. What
1: confusion? (laughs) There was no confusion. (laughs) Everyone was just standing there. They're all complicit. They're all complicit. Okay, anyways. None of them tried very hard. (laughs) Anyways, not that I disagree with her. I'm I'm in favor of killing the fucking thing. (laughs) Okay. But um, they destroy it, and... Picard is upset (laughs) because, you know, he's all about saving these gigantic, you know, space. I mean, he loves space jellyfish,
0: and he loved this giant space Christmas tree. I think he's hoping that and it's stated in the episode that if we could communicate with it, we could lead it to, like, uh, sources of food that aren't that don't involve, like, um... Uh, you know killing life forms uh, destroying life forms and so you know I think he was hoping that this would be you know a way to like kind of um, talk to you know to, to reason within see gauge its intelligence basically <clears throat> anyway so so it ends up failing and she is escorted off the bridge by data and when he when data drops her off at her quarters um, she asks him to channel Remy, her son, one more time. And he, Data has is known for doing this a couple times. Like I think in his relationship episode he was very cold. And in and in this episode he basically is like, um Uh, your son was extremely proud of you uh, for being a scientist and you went against everything that you believe in and so I think he would be extremely disappointed and it totally shatters, like it destroys her. Excellent acting on the part of the actress which you'll have to look up because I've already forgotten her name Um, but excellent performance there and she's just horrified and the look on her face is just Delightful in terms of uh performances uh, of horror, <laughs> horrific looks or whatever um and then that's it. The episode ends on a on a little kind of moral statement there, and uh, shall we discuss shall we begin <laughs> yeah well, um
1: like I said, I really enjoyed the first after uh, the first ten minutes.
0: Uh, I think it was yeah. I would say it was exciting. like five minutes, maybe maybe a little more. Um, uh, the concept of the colonies uh, really interested me, uh, and that little first segment kind of uh, um, kind of uh, prompted those thoughts because you never really see. I mean. You, you, I think we've seen things before, like we saw that terraforming thing. Uh, ironically, in another episode with silicon-based life forms, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, way back in season right, one, was in it? season no, one, season two, but you kind of season one, season no, okay. oh, maybe it was season two. I think I'm not sure. Maybe? Oh wait, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but um, but uh, you know, and then you see other colonies that are like fully established, uh, such as well, that was an accidental one in in the uh, Shellyak episode but you know we've it's not that we haven't seen colonies before but this is the first time I can recall where we see like a colony being established and it just kind of like <clears throat> had I think it like nicely captured that pioneering spirit you know you can see these people as like sort of the wagon the wagons west. Of spa- train. wagon train yeah. of space, you know they're like coming to a new planet. They're, you know, it's it's all exciting and stuff. And she even makes mention in her thing. She's like dried chicken curry. So it's like you know their provisions are more like um, more like rations than than actual you know food or whatever. And so I just loved it. There was like a nice little hint into what that's like. And it's like you know it makes one wonder. We it feels so far from anything like that for humanity at the moment you know i mean mars is the kind of closest game but like uh you know like game plan i guess that we have to to colonizing other worlds so we're very much in our infant kind of you know like uh Mm -hmm. state but i do think that humans are are pioneers pioneers in in and explorers by nature i think that like you know The vast majority of humans would take the opportunity to to do something new and exciting like this, you know, within within a a safe uh, (laughs) a safe amount of risk. But again, it just harkens to uh, people from uh, Europe and other parts of the world coming to America and you know and exploring the West, you know. And so, I like that. Well. Yeah, you said within a safe amount of risk.
1: Um, you know, we, we have to understand that there will always be risk. I mean, there's risk in just about every great endeavor uh, of that scale. And certainly when we eventually do decide to go and colonize Mars, uh, there will be risks. I mean, there are risks that we took uh, going to the moon, um, building up to that. There were certainly astronauts that, that lost their lives and... Uh, and, and we had astronauts lose their lives after, later on in the shuttle uh, program. Uh, but, but that is, like you said, that, that we are destined to move off the planet. And, and uh, this little uh, opening part of the episode, you know, it does kind of showcase uh, an aspect of Star Trek that uh, is interesting to... To the viewers, and I, I wish we would see a little bit more of it. And, and you know, I, I back when Discovery was pitched as an anthology show, I, I was hoping one of those things might be a storyline
0: about Terraform, know, what, I what, think, yeah, or, terraforming. Yeah, terraforming a colony. Yeah. You know, yeah, kind of like nice.
1: um, Earth Two. Do you remember Earth oh, Two? I love that show.
0: Well, that was a great show. Remember it? I remember it was a
1: great yeah. show. It was a great show. Earth Two, and then later on. Uh, even though it was a weird uh, spin off of it. But um, the one where we go back in time to to prehistoric times. It wasn't Land, but they set of, up Land a of the Lost, like one of the Land of the Lost
0: reboots or something?
1: No, it was recently. And Spielberg was a producer. It was Terra Terra Nova or something like that. <laughs> That's funny. Um. Um, but but
0: those kinds of stories are interesting. Um, but uh, it's it's also neat when they do when they do end up in the caves um, I liked some of the kind of again like survival there was a lot of survivalist type yeah. stuff and I liked when they heat up the rocks and it creates you know it create that, that's like such a you know thing that like you forget like oh yeah they have these high energy weapons of course they can you know do these things and um, <clears throat> by the way, I did take a note here that um, the, the uh, Enterprise at first is 27 hours away and increases to Warp 8. So I'm like wondering why he <laughs> he wouldn't just go to Warp 9. But I guess it's because... He does go to Warp 9, I think. I don't think so. I would have probably... I think I he know. does. Yeah, he goes go to Warp 9. Later on. But they're still six hours away. Yeah, so anyways, but that's not so bad. But then they're there an hour. What I do I did find funny was when... You know the crystalline entity obviously makes the whole ground shake and like you know and there's like loud sounds when it when it's like attacking right but in the scene when they're being rescued, uh, you know, uh, Data and uh, Riker are totally on guard, like wondering, is the, you know, is, the, like, I, I wondered what could they be wondering is coming through the rocks, <laughs> like it's totally different from like the crystalline entity. So like, are, like, what do they think, like bears or something, <laughs> you know, like. Lore,
1: who knows? Where is Lore? Oh no, they they have Lore somewhere else now. I right? don't
0: think Lore is. I think the last we saw of Lore was he stole the emotion chip and then he's gone.
1: Laura could have. It's true. You're right. Been been hanging out with the damn
0: yeah, good point. Evil Christmas no, tree it's again. it's a good point. The the, the yeah. evil Christmas tree. Let's talk about the evil Chris, Christmas tree for a second. Um, I did like that they established it as like sort of like an act of nature in this episode because if you think about it, it's like when locusts swarm, there's nothing really you can do about it, and you can't really blame the locust. Like it's not something you know. Locust does what it's what it does, you know? Right. So I did like that, um, even though we know the crystalline entity can be manipulated, but much in the same way you can manipulate, you know, uh, a herd of something or like, you know, a lion to attack, you can manipulate this thing, you know, like, so lore starves it of its energy in order to get it to do what he wants or, you know, however he manipulates it. So I think that's really interesting. But at the end you do, you do think of this thing as just, a part of nature and it's and that's interesting to me too because there are these giant things out in space that are alive like we've seen them a couple times now you know, the the jellyfish, as you, as you like to refer to them, which that's what they look like. Yeah. But there's the... On oh, the old show, there was the amoeba. The amoeba. There's the space... The space amoeba. Like the space whale in the most recent episode where, you know, it, with Leah Brahms that we talked about. Um, and then even in... in um, in Star Trek Discovery, they they do the Gander. but the crystalline entity is like I think the largest one that we've seen, and it's an interesting kind of creature. And it and it does beg the question. It's like, oh yeah, like there's probably like a an ecosystem out there that we don't even know about. Imagine one day this thing just shows up at Earth, like you know, in mm-hmm. our like. Uh, but uh, to the credit of of you know to to that same point. Um, If it is, when I was younger, I remember we had this, like, discussion in our lunch group, and I was totally on Picard's team about, like, oh, we should try to communicate with it. I even, I think, may have even had notions of, like, capture it and keep it alive in a zoo or whatever, right? But, you know, I think at the end of the day, like, there's nothing else you could have done. With this thing, <laughs> like, like if it wasn't—I mean, imagine if the crystalline entity happened to go to the Klingon to Klingon territory, they would not hesitate. It's like swatting a fly, if you will. If they could destroy it, they would have done it, you know. So, I do think it's noble that Picard wanted to try to communicate with it, but I think at the end of the day, based on what the show uh, has has presented about the crystalline entity, it's hardly something that is going to join Starfleet and start helping with missions. Like, you know, I think that, like, it's a wild animal of space. And, you know, uh, if you can't keep it away from a colony, the only thing to do is to either, you know, you have to have some kind of way to keep it away. Um, And that means kind of, usually it means, like, scaring it or hurting it. And so uh, while I think that that would have been a more practical solution, is, like, if they could have come up with maybe, like, Graviton shields that they could place over Colonies or planets Um that would have been a great Solution but unfortunately You know uh it's Dead now I have a question that I wrote here Do you think it's a one of a kind or a rare Thing in the universe or in the galaxy Rather I should say Well Uh Unfortunately
1: I've been infected (laughs) By Um The uh, the, the the books. Oh yes. So the and there's a novel called Orion's Hounds, which is uh, part of the Titan series, which of course has Riker and Troy, and in it uh, they encounter uh, more of the crystalline entity.
0: Oh.
1: And in fact, uh, they give them a name. They're called something like uh, they're called Berserkers or, or something. I don't know, but they they encounter uh, more of their crystalline entity and the crystalline entity are oh, I'm sorry, they're called branchers. I just looked it up here. They're called branchers and they in fact have a relationship with the star jellies. What? The the, the jellyfish. Oh, they feed them with the energy. Um well, there's, I haven't read the book. I have the book somewhere here. But um, the book details a story where Riker, now in command of the Titan, encounters this area of previously unexplored area of space. And this is sort of like the feeding ground for uh, these entities and the star jellyfish and all that stuff.
0: Wow, that is actually quite fascinating, and it kind of makes sense that this like one crystalline entity might have been like stray or lost, uh, and maybe all they needed to do, they could have done is uh, lead it home to its uh, to its little feeding ground. Well, I have to ask you because I don't
1: remember how did lore
0: lore communicated with it, didn't it? Didn't he? It's very possible that. Uh, you know, again, this is probably somewhere in the apocrypha or in the uh, uh, expanded universe of uh, Star Trek. But if just uh, just like speculating here, uh, based on what I can remember, uh, I think that the crystalline entity may have just been roaming through that part of space, and uh, lore uh, somehow figured out what it does and and gave it. You know, it's a little odd because I think that. In earlier episodes, although vague, the crystalline entity may have been more nefarious in its in its kind of you know uh, intentions. Here it it firmly esta- it kind of they kind of like establish that it's just like an active you know, a creature of na- of nature, if you will, like a you know, like a bear space bear, you know like a very violent space bear. But um I think previously um, previously to this, Lore may have discovered a way to communicate with it, and it almost suggests that Lore led the crystalline entity to the mm-hmm. colony in exchange for something. Um, right, that was the impression I that had I, I had. that I had too. So I'm not sure. I'd have to kind of really deep dive and 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 explore it and think about it. Or I'm sure someone's already done this and it's on the internet waiting for us to uh, to discover. <laughs> But because if, if that's the case, then I'm wondering,
1: you know, perhaps, you know, because you said, you know, the entity is sort of a, a wild animal, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, wild animals have the right to live and exist and they, they survive as they survive. However, perhaps this is a case of a wild animal who has acquired a taste for, for blood, yeah. shall we say, yeah, for yeah. human blood. You know, I mean, that's happened. You know, where you know you you, you have. I go back to one of my favorite movies, uh, The Ghost in the Darkness. Oh
0: wow, oh. I haven't thought about that movie in a long time. Excellent, and, excellent, and, yeah,
1: yeah. And and the the very scary prospect of these two lions the who somehow of
0: Kamal. I think it's based on, but um, of, of Savo
1: or Savo, and, yeah. And you know, they acquired the taste for human flesh, which is a, a, an aberration, but nonetheless, it happened.
0: And w- again, we go back to well, what else could right. we have done? And usually, in those situations, the animal is lame in some way uh, because humans are much easier to catch than like a gazelle or a, you know, some other game that they're used to hunting. Um, and so, yeah, I wonder if the crystalline entity is like that. That is a very interesting. Because um, uh, it went for that spaceship, uh, thought, right? Yeah.
1: Where there's only like four
0: random people on mm-hmm. there. It's not. It's hardly a planet.
1: I do think I mean, it just doesn't yeah, seem like it would have gone for of, that ship. it's
0: on a blood. It's got a bloodlust. You're absolutely right. So it is interesting, yeah. but but again, we know very little about it, and I think that's okay. I mean, it's great to like fill in the the blanks with our imagination. Um, in this case, uh, so Kyla Marr, what did you think of her as a character, the the motherly uh, researcher scientist?
1: I, I thought as soon as she appeared, she seemed a bit unhinged.
0: <laughs> I feel... Um, Which I think was played intentionally. I, actually, I think that's good, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because I, I think... But, I mean, it goes back to... I mean, we the thing that's been mentioned before in previous discussions where you guys are talking about a certain admiral, I think Kenenson Roe, who just as soon as you see him, you're like, okay, he's... You know he, he's got some some nefarious uh, plans cooking, and you see her, and you immediately see somebody who's who's damaged and unhinged somehow, and um, and, and it's just not subtle in any way. No,
0: I especially like uh, the scene in the cave when they're taking readings of the the composition of the metals or whatever, and she flat out just accuses Data mm-hmm. and I love that scene because yeah. Data is totally he's like unaffected and she's kind of that that I think kind of changes her mind a little bit cuz she's like oh I none of that hurt you in any way you know she's like I'm trying to insult you here but you're not even affected by it and then she kind of like for a second she goes back to I guess her her scientific nature and and then you know wonders oh like that's interesting I guess
1: Yeah uh, I mean, it, w- it was a good performance. I, I think she was good. I, I uh, recall her from the uh, Harrison Ford entries of uh, the Jack Ryan movies. She played one of the um, one of the people working at the CIA who welcomes oh, back Jack Ryan. Oh neat! And uh, uh, you know she. Uh, in the, I mean, obviously they're playing off of Moby Dick, you know, this this person who's obsessed with catching, you know, the white whale, um, and I mean, ultimately, I believe, I mean, ultimately, I sympathize with her. Personally, I do understand why she's going for the revenge, uh, but I don't think the sh- I don't think the script is necessarily very sympathetic towards her. And certainly at the end, when she's sort of touching Data's face and and you know calling him Renny or Remy, I forget what, what's the name of the kid. And I mean, yeah. it,
0: it just seems the car- the uh, actress' name is Ellen Gear, by the way.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. Ellen Gear. Yeah, Gear. Just Gear. She, she, she Gear. She. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. And then the the ending, as you as you pointed out, you know, when Data. Uh, Tells her I don't think your son would have approved I Again, I question Data's (laughs) Data's lack of emotions Uh, It seems
0: Well, had her son
1: lived I mean, it's such a weird situation Like It's not uh, How can he judge her? How can he I'm
0: sorry How can he judge The son's reaction to No, that's what I'm saying though But that's what I'm saying Is like Data Like intentionally I think he he like actually does. This is the thing about you know. It's kind of the thing that we've talked about before. Is like the there is always an ambiguity about even though Data doesn't realize he has emotions, he certainly expresses emotions throughout the series. <laughs> you know, you know, like, right? You know, yeah, he seems genuinely like um, angry without the anger expression. You know, but like like that like that like response is so catty and so <laughs> it's just so right you know, like, yeah. it's so it's so mean if you will like he could have just said um you know data could have just said like um i'm sorry i i you know i do not think it's appropriate for me to to uh to speculate as to what jeremy's right. you know that that's obvious that's the more like if we were androids and didn't have emotions perhaps that would be the logical uh response but but that seemed definitely like a, an emotion driven response i don't know i i wonder uh audience this is a good thing if if you could chime in and let us know what you think um about that scene in particular um but i wrote down here um that um, um where did it go oh i lost my my track of my note, but I think it was some <laughs> I wrote down a lot of notes around the, oh, the interaction just throughout the episode between Data and her, um, I thought was interesting because it's like, I think also another thing is Data wants to be liked by her. Like he doesn't, and then this is not just the only time it's like, Data tends to not understand when people are, um, repulsed by mm-hmm. him or you know and th- and that's again another thing it's like why would an Android care if you like him or not <laughs> you know like and so I think that's an interesting thing too um, so he now dr. soon definitely programmed a personality into data and i wonder if that's like something that we can like kind of break down as a, is there personality is a person can a personality exist sans emotion and is that what we're seeing is that like data's personality just tends to be one in which he curries favor or seeks the favor of others where he likes to be liked if you will and is that tied into emotion or not you know so it's a fascinating um it's a fascinating thing to discuss and I, I think one day we'll have to have like a, uh, a, a certified uh, a behaviorist or psychologist on the show uh, and just do a special on data. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I uh, I don't know. can you have a personality with I mean if, if, if he had if you were to say well he has a personality subroutine, he must, say, No, he has to. I, mean, I would like, think that Data yeah. would be self-aware. I mean, he seems to be self-aware in so many other respects. I would think he would be, uh, so he would say something like, um, I don't know. He would tell Riker, my personality, subroutine, must be kicking in, Commander, because, or something. I don't know. It, it. I don't think he seems to be that aware of what of how he comes off in those, in those same situations. St- I, I don't know. But, I mean, he was very judgmental. <laughs> let's say and 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 I have to admit I I, f- I felt genuine uh, sympathy despair, oh, despair for for her for her yeah I mean she she was still someone in
0: grieving obviously she was still grieving over what had happened. she makes really I mean, you don't' go makes to a really great lengths. point going back to the argument again about what is the crystalline entity and what's its place in the uh, galaxy, um, you know, Picard's defending his his uh, position by saying, you know, uh, he makes that example with the cuttlefish. And she's like, we're not talking about cuttlefish here. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a great line. Right? Remember that? <laughs> like, yeah, that's, a, that's, so, the ba- that's one of the best yeah, lines out so of the whole So that was a good thing. point. And so I really like this character, actually, now that the more I think about it, like I think she she kind of comes in and like really kind of shakes up this like uh, utopian microcosm that exists on the Enterprise, if you will. You know what I mean? Like where everything can be solved through diplomacy. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: Right, I mean, again, when specifically with the nature of revenge, let's say, uh, you know, we've seen Worf take vengeance on this show, and Picard puts a, a note on his record, and and then you know we have a situation here where it's clearly, you know, she has. I mean, there's a sense of revenge about her in, in, in how she's going about this, and Picard disapproves. It's worth noting... Uh, I think it would be worth remembering all of this when we go forward in our discussions and we get to first contact. Right. Because, I mean, what what is Picard doing there other than, you know... I mean, obviously, we have to stop the Borg, but still... There's a, there's an almost... Uh, I, I mean, uh, what's her name? I forget what, what the name of the, the... The woman from the Earth is. is
0: what's the name of the companion? Uh, <laughs> like a Doctor Who episode, or the companion Lily. Um,
1: Lily. Uh, you know, Lily makes direct comparisons to, to Ahab and, and Moby Dick. Um, but uh, it, it, it's a trait that Picard has... So far, established, and and this is probably one of the, the most clear cut examples of him have d- completely disapproving of of taking any kind of vengeance. That is not the, that is not the role of the Starfleet officer, or whatever. And and you know, I mean, I. I but
0: I what think, can I, ta- I, think what can I say? I, I mean don't like agree I, see, with that 100%, I see what you're but. saying, but also the Borg are sentient and intelligent, and they're and they're like actively trying to destroy uh, the Federation. So it's a little bit different. I don't think that the Admiralty would disagree with uh, Picard. <laughs> <laughs> in in that situation, whereas here... I th- no, you know, I, I don't
1: disagree with Picard uh, either, but I'm just saying yeah. it's okay for him in first contact. I mean, we'll talk about it more when yeah, we do I, first contact. Yeah, th- but I just think but. that, like,
0: it... I think it's back to the the whale. I think it is more like, which again, I know that they make the the analogy of Moby Dick in in uh, First Contact, like where she's like, you are acting like Ahab, and and like you know, but like this is like a more literal whale, not just a metaphoric or figurative, you know, like. But a
1: whale that has killed, yeah, it's like true, killed whole it's colonies true, yeah.
0: and killed people yeah. and
1: killed someone close to her. And and I go to another point, which is, I am very surprised that she would even be assigned to this oh, case I think, at all. I
0: think, though, until now, she's been, like, kind of on the down low about, you know, like, she's just been... I think this is, again, like, I, I feel... I get the impression that it's super premeditated. She's, like, acting like a researcher, you know, this whole time, but yeah, I think... But how can you not know no, but I think, that her no, I kid think, was there? I think, like, until they've... Like, her intention might have been... I think she's been studying it, hoping to find it, to like figure out a way to like maybe she pitched it to Starfleet like oh maybe we can capture it you know but like her in- her real secret intention has always been to uh to destroy it you know cuz it's like or i don't know or one maybe minute it was a with crime her of, maybe it was a crime of passion i don't know it's a little too hard to to like no the episode doesn't no. really
1: one minute with her and you know that she's unhinged <laughs> with 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 killing this freaking thing. So, I mean, it, it's 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 hard that's it's a big leap to think that Starfleet would even have allowed unless they were perfectly fine with her killing it, which you know, I have to admit um you know, com- let's compare the entity to say uh what was the one with the uh, oh god, what's the episode Oh shoot! The the Romulans and the Enterprise are racing to oh, get uh, to it.
0: The gum uh The um, Guntu, uh, the, uh, the that's the name of what the creature was, but I can Okay, that thing.
1: Right. You know why wasn't it a similar situation to that, where the Federation is like, we need to make contact with this thing. Figure out how to communicate with it so we can control but,
0: it. But but it's just back to your point earlier, which is because this thing is a killer. Like Gumtu was just sitting there giving off like you know interesting signals, but um, this thing is a known killer. Like you know. So I think so. Yeah. Did
1: Starfleet? But I'm surprised that Starfleet didn't issue orders to destroy it directly, saying capture or kill. It was totally in the purview of Picard. Picard yeah and and i i thought that was surprising because i would think with with with, with a species like this where i mean you're right it, it had already how many
0: colonies had it destroyed already i think four three or four I, they do mention it in the episode maybe but i didn't know yeah it's a long
1: either. list of, yeah. of of so i mean it it, it it should have been either classified as a menace or something <laughs> i'm surprised more, it hadn't more people hadn't like it hadn't been maybe assigned a ship, maybe not a starship, but just like, uh, 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 uh like you know, the Borg had a, a group working on how to
0: address it. Right. You know, and Shelby was in command of that. Why wasn't there? Even then, though, you know, the, Kyla Mar is astonished when she actually finally sees the crystal, uh, crystalline entity. She describes it as beautiful. Uh, Oh, it is. Yeah, No, it is pretty. um, Yeah. To kind of... It's a giant Christmas tree in space. (laughs) It's a giant Christmas tree. (laughs) Um, So, I guess, like, again, I agree that the crystalline entity is a menace. and, And I do think that, like, the inevitable thing here in this situation, you know, although unfortunate, I think it's not... The saddest situation. It's not like the worst crime ever committed, and uh, uh, you know, I don't know what they're gonna do to to Kyla Mar next, but um, I can't imagine she'll serve time in prison, you know, like or anything like that. You know, I think, I think they'll just it'll just reflect. She'll just have to have people staring at her, who are on the other camp, and then other people will be like, you know, empathetic or whatever, um, moving forward. So. Um, I did I did write down here that um data emulating Remy her son's voice uh in those scenes while it's I think it I think it could have been more touching if he was off screen which they do again uh, eventually like they do pan away from him but it's very creepy when he's actually doing like when you actually see him mouthing uh, R- R- Remy's voice, like I just re- remember, both both back then and now being like, "Oh my god, that's like this. It's like horrific. It's like a horror movie, kind of right." Um, so, so that was that was something I wrote down here.
1: Maybe that's why they never really did anything like this again. Well,
0: they do with the Picard, You know, they do it with Picard's voice in an earlier episode. Remember when he does the over when he steals the Enterprise.
1: Yeah, no, but like a child, yeah. like, you know.
0: <laughs> well, there is the Mask of Musaka episode coming up, where... Oh, I don't remember. He, Does he speak of, as a child there? One of the personalities is is a child, and uh, I think it's done a little bit better. Um, oh, I've forgotten that. But, because it's just Brent Spiner doing a child's voice, not like an actual... Oh, okay, like, okay. It's not like, um, like that, um... I I thought it was cool that Riker is going to write a letter to Carmen's family. Like, that's something, another procedural thing that I liked, you know, that they just mentioned in the episode. Um, And he's like, what am I going to say to her family? Um, uh, What else did I write down in my notes? Uh, Let's see here. Um, one of the reasons I justified that her decision might have been correct is because I wonder if Kyla Mar would not have destroyed the Crystalline entity if it couldn't communicate. I think in her kind of deranged mind, she makes a decision where when she realizes that it's capable of comple- a more complex communication, then to her, it, it's like, well, then you're killing on purpose, like it's not just an instinctual, animalistic thing. So I wonder if in that moment she's like, "Oh, it can communicate. All right, this sucker's guilty. Uh, you know, execution." <laughs> what do you think of that? Hmm. I don't know. I,
1: I I feel I feel she was intending to kill it regardless. I think that was. I think I I, I think that was. That was well established. I think. I, 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 I think no matter what. Yeah, I guess you're right. She was right. out to kill that thing, but um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm enamored of my, my, my theory of uh,
0: a wild animal that is just. I mean, gotten the, really, it's
1: Loras' fault. Right,
0: gotten the th- thirst for blood. Well, it is definitely Lore's... Acquired a thirst for for, for uh, blood. <laughs> human blood.
1: Right, because if you have to imagine, it's probably not the... Even without that book, I think I always assumed it was not the only one. There's more of them out there. So how is it that this is not a greater problem? And I would, can only imagine it's because those entities just know better and maybe don't... Quite seek out of their feeding ground, of their natural feeding ground. Right. Planets where there's lots of people. You know, maybe they'll, you know, because obviously those people are going to fight back at some point. You know, like you said, what if they attack a Klingon home colony? Well, the Klingons are going to go fucking hunt it down. Right.
0: So there's got to be song- some. And then sense sing songs about the great. The great hunt, <laughs> you know, <Exactly>. like <laughs> the great hunt of so the crystalline entities. Uh,
1: where are those songs, right? So,
0: so there I would be, think there would be spires in every Klingon town, <laughs> made of the crystalline entities' parts. That right? <laughs> <that are like laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, how is it they've never
1: encountered Romulans? Or right. it's true. It's a really whatever. good point. Um, I will say this: I'm. I'm not not that I'm necessarily enamored of it, and certainly I, it was the last thing I was expecting when it came back, when we were watching it back then as, as kids. But uh, I think only because of the nature of the show, it would have been interesting if they had encountered it again, another one, obviously, in Voyager, because Voyager was so out there. Oh, uh, that's a really great you know, idea, yeah. Why, I, I think that was one of the great... Um, missed opportunity to me in my mind. One of the 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 great uh, um, what I call it. Uh,
0: and it could have uh, it could have been it could have been that like they could have encountered the the Titan plot that you just described. It could have been a Voyager story. Um, yeah, and they could have encountered like where the feeding ground of it, and like you know maybe uh, w- one thing that I really love about Star Trek is that like you know. Of course this thing was this incident was logged, but it might not be like something that Janeway would ever have encountered, so like maybe her experience is different. And then they mm. they look through their records and they're like, Oh yeah, look, they encountered this too, but hey, we had a, this different experience. Let's update the log, you know, like right. it would have been, been a neat thing. Great uh great right. idea, Doctor. Great <laughs> I think it's time we rate this episode. Uh, although I did enjoy this discussion, I thought it was going to be a lot shorter because I didn't think you were gonna like this episode as much as you did. so I'm pleased to hear that. and I will go first with my rating. I give this episode a solid six point five, and I originally had a six in my mind, but you're actually you got me thinking about a lot of cool concepts, so I think that merits a little boost in the uh, in the rating. Okay. Well, the the correct answer is it's a five, <laughs> and uh, it's hey, we weren't just, we were so we far off this time. No, <laughs> like, no, no, like, we weren't. We weren't. We weren't. We no weren't so uh, we far off this time. It was a lot closer. No,
1: I mean it's not one that I would. I mean, honestly, if it's on TV, I would probably stop watching after the, the Riker after the cave thing I'd be like okay that's it the rest of it I mean yeah okay I mean like for our discussion it was it was a little bit of a juicy juicy moral uh, 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 you know just to you know throw about but I'm not going to watch it again
0: yeah I hear you all right doctor live long and prosper and I'll see you very shortly because uh, there's another episode we're going to talk about <laughs> Disaster disaster or uh, Poseidon Adventure in Space. All right.